You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 6, as the New York Rangers play their best game of the season. They get their first shutout of the season. Things are looking good. And now they are out west to take on the Seattle Kraken on this brisk Halloween evening. But first, I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, Before we get into this, I do want to apologize. Last time we recorded a podcast, unbeknownst to me, uh, I should have been more attentive. The, The gain knob on my interface was pretty low, so when I went to go put it together, I realized you could barely hear me, so I had to really juice it up. So on the finished product, uh, it might have, I had a lot of clipping on my voice and distortion and uh, I'm usually someone who doesn't make those kind of mistakes. So I was very embarrassed listening back to it, but it is what it is. Sorry about it. Uh, hopefully you're the one, you're listening to this and it sounds nice and clear and not all distorted and overdriven uh, from me having to just add some gain in post. So again, my apologies won't happen again, uh, knock on wood. And uh, we should be good for this one. But other than that, James, I'm doing good. The the Rangers had a full 60-minute uh, effort for once. The Knicks continue to win. So, and yeah, and it's Halloween weekend, and I didn't do much of anything because I'm boring and old. So, yeah, it's a good good times all around. Yeah, you know, if you look at the Rangers right now and you look at the Knicks right now, it's... A lot of similarities. Oh, my God. It's like... It's crazy. It's crazy how both teams have kind of come together and have been built in a similar fashion where, you know, the, you know, the youth of the Knicks kind of are sprinkled in with some veteran players that are now like taking on a, you know, more of a role factor. And the New York Rangers have like all this fun youth, uh, you know, with Adam Fox, Kako, Lafreniere playing great. And then they also have the sprinkled in veteran leadership of, you know, Zabenejad, Naren. Um, in Kreider so it's really bizarre the parallels between the two teams and uh, it's pretty fun to see both teams getting off to a, a very solid start and I know it's a long season both seasons are 82 games and they're still ways away of the postseason but you know if things keep trending the, the way they are you know New York fans are going to have you know a, a nice little winter into spring and hopefully a, a nice uh, you know playoff run going into the summer so 
Uh, Andy, obviously, the first thing we need to speak about is the best game of the season and probably the best game I've seen the New York Rangers play in, you know, quite some time. You know, there's a few of these games I feel like every season where you're like, wow, if this is the team that we get every single night, you know, there's not many teams that are going to beat us and we're going to be on the, the winning end of two points most games. So, you know, what were your initial thoughts of the Columbus Blue Jackets game? Yeah, obviously very happy with the not only the result, but just the effort put forward. They all we spoke about how they all knew they had to be better. Gallant in uh indicated so. Lafreniere took it upon himself to say, I have to be better. And if that was probably one of his best games in a Ranger sweater, um, just with he was all over the ice and he was getting chances. Kako draws back into the lineup and uh, same story with him. He looks like a monster. You know, he he does all the work and he ends up uh, just being one assist away from a secondary assist every time, even though it's kind of him that keeps the puck in play using his uh, his good hands and his set body and just getting in, in the mix and winning his battles. But yeah, I mean, it was just really happy with their effort. Uh, Panarin looked like Panarin, hence he had three points. Adam Fox was amazing. Again, he makes that ridiculous pass to Lafreniere for the tap in. Just, I mean, at this point, the rest of the league can pretend they 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 might uh, have some of the best defensemen in the league. You and I, real ones, know Adam Fox, best defenseman in the league. You know, uh, don't at me. Uh, yeah, but no, it, it's not. Even it's just stupid at this point. point. He's already, even though they got off to a little bit of a slower start, I think he's already right up. Uh, with the top scoring defenseman in the league, which is very funny if you actually look at the top scoring defenseman in the league right now. I think Ekblad's in first, but it's legit. Uh, it's everyone. everyone it's, it's a bunch of former Rangers. I think it's Shattenkirk, D'Angelo, Adam Fox, Neil Pionk. So it's just, it was very, just reading off those names, I was just laughing to myself. I was like, I can't believe this. Like, it's just, you know, so say what you will about the Rangers, but at least there we can maybe say that for all their shortcomings over the last couple seasons in terms of targeting uh, quality defensemen, yeah, who whether or not that it worked out timing wise or not, or maturity wise or whatever you want to say for each player, uh, they clearly at least have an eye for that type of stuff. So it just was funny to see, but yeah, uh, I think that my biggest takeaway from it is that was probably the closest we've seen to Gerard Gallant hockey since the Rangers got here. And I think it's about keeping the game in front of you and everyone playing as a unit. And I think that first year Vegas Golden Knights, because yeah, they had some underrated talent at the time in players like March and Carlson, and then just a bunch of guys who could do their job roles really well. But they didn't have, I would argue they didn't have a single game breaking talent on that team, but they just always that season they just had something to prove and they always played as a unit and that's when they were successful and it hence the ice opened up and and listen granted columbus is kind of retooling right now they have some good pieces they can be good on any given night but they're not they're not going to be one of the harder tests thank god you know the rangers need someone at least some sub subpar teams in the metro because for the most part it's a murderer's row in terms of the talent going around uh that division hardest division hockey right now but uh, yeah, it was a perfect game for them to establish their identity and just say, hey, this is what it feels like to A, show themselves they could do it, and B, to establish a benchmark for this is how we need to work. And uh, yeah, you really happy with everyone. Every line was getting their chances. Uh, the power play was clicking. Even the guys who have been unlucky so far, like Sabanajad, who's shooting percentages in the toilet right now, is uh, um, yeah, they were getting their chances. and. 
we had had some more balance with Strom and uh, Kako back in the lineup. And it, I think that's the beauty of having that second line is because you send your first line that uh, the Zibanejad Kreider line out against top units. And then that second line gets to feast on maybe, you know, some other subpar second line. So, uh, yeah. So I was happy with the effort. James, what was your takeaway from uh, from that game? Well, I had to listen to the first two periods, which was, you know, obviously listening to the game and watching the game are two different animals. Uh, you know, hearing it and just hearing what the Rangers were able to do in the first, weathering the storm. You know, Columbus seemed like they came out and they kind of won that first five minutes, but they didn't fall, right? They didn't give up that first goal that they've been doing in so many other games and, and having to play that come from behind hockey. And I really thought, you know, the Rangers with the ability to get out to an early lead and scoring the first two goals of the game, then that from that point on, they were able to dictate and play the way that they want. They didn't have to press too much. They didn't have to take you know, any you know, stupid chances and, and you know, kind of leave their uh, you know, goaltender out to dry because our defensemen now have to activate. I thought the Rangers did a very good job of just weathering that, that first five minutes and, and finally jumping out to a lead. And you know, in the third period, the power play starts to click, and it seems like Kreider is going to score 50 goals without ever shooting the puck. So, uh, I guess that's a positive. And you know, the Rangers, you know, got a four nothing win and uh, a deserved shutout by Igor. Uh, he played tremendous, and you know, this is it. You know, this is New York Rangers hockey now. You want them to be able to either weather storms, play with the lead, learn to play with the lead, and not, you know, not let a team especially a mediocre team back into a, a game, you know, the second period, I thought Columbus, you know, from the sounds of it, they were, they came out, they wanted to, you know, match the Rangers intensity, but the Rangers held their ground. They fought back. Once again, they out hit their opponent. And, you know, it, it's a, it's nice to finally see a team play with a little bit of confidence, either when they're from behind, you know, the tie game, or whether they have the lead, right? It's none of this, you know, we need to play, you know, on our heels because we have the lead and defend. You know, I felt like the Rangers, you know, were able to match anything that the Columbus Blue Jackets were able to throw at them. And that's what, you know, winning teams do when they're able to get their first win at home, which I think was huge getting that monkey off your back. Uh, but now that once again, they go on the road and it's, it's not easy. It's never easy to go on these, you know, West Coast road trips and they have to face uh, an expansion team. Seattle Kraken on Halloween night. So you know that building's going to be rocking and have a lot of energy. And it's going to be up for the Rangers to, once again, match the Kraken's intensity, hopefully get on the board early and, you know, mature and, and play that mature hockey game of playing with a lead and, and close it out when you have opportunities like the Rangers did against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, well said. You know, later it's going to be a later start. Obviously, you're on the West Coast, so hopefully they they can get up for it. But I'm glad they're starting out with the Kraken because even though uh, I think by now you can suss out the Kraken are they're they're you know they're going to be a middling to bottom team in the league. So this is definitely a good way to start the road trip, get some confidence under your belt, especially if they want to repeat the success of their last road trip. And it's going to be tough. Uh, Edmonton is is looking a lot better this year clearly um but they're still a beatable team because their defense isn't all that great but they have Connor mcdavid as in a video game right now and is he's just ridiculous and they did get more depth up front so they're going to be tough out um you know vancouver will be uh again i think always a winnable will be a winnable matchup for them but you know they're gonna have to close it out 
against uh, a team that is literally blitzing every other team in the NHL right now in the Calgary Flames. And, you know, the Rangers did play them last week and didn't have a good effort. So, you know, hopefully time for a little payback. But yeah, I mean, again, they're they're one of the best teams, seem to be one of the best teams in the NHL right now. And then they go home and have to play the probably the best team in the NHL in the Florida Panthers. So uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be a tough test. So they got to pick up the points where they can. Uh, I don't know if I'm expecting them to repeat a clean sweep like they did last time. Obviously, I would love that, but it's a tough test. But, you know, we, we spoke about just the Metro is a murderer's row. And uh, lucky enough that last night, um, you know, the Flyers lose to Calgary, the, the, who I had just mentioned is our wagon right now. And then the Islanders lose in a shootout, so they only get one point um, to uh, Nashville. So, yeah, I mean, but every team in the Metro is pretty much above 500 or right there, right? I mean, yeah. so yeah, you have to pick up the points that you can pick up uh, against teams that you should beat because it seems like no one, the other teams aren't stopping and uh, it's just tough, you know? It's, uh, I again, it's, I thank God they got off to a strong start and, you know, thank God they have Igor because if they didn't, they would probably be, playing from behind right now but they have them and things seem to be clicking and i think they can yeah i think they can continue this their play right now and they just have to play exactly the same way they played the other night and if igor continues to be as good as he's been and they play put forth the effort they put forth the other night there's no reason they should shouldn't win more games than they lose but there's a lot of factors, and I think one of them is what games does Georgiev draw into on this road trip? I think that's going to make, uh, at least mentally, is going to make a huge difference. So, uh, but that remains to be seen. Yeah, and you know, you look at you know, you look at the Rangers' schedule. Obviously, the West Coast is always a is a tough place to play, and then they come back home, and it doesn't really get much easier. And then you look at our division, and there's all these teams that just refuse to lose. You know, going into this, you know. Going into the season, we kind of made predictions on where some of the teams would, would stand, and I kind of want to get into that. But first, I really, really wanted to touch on the New York Rangers kind of changed up their lineup a little bit. Um, you know, what do you think of Goudreau playing on that top top line with Zibanejad and, and kind of just the the initial, you know, your initial reaction to how they started that game? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, we've talked about Lafreniere looking much better on the third line, and that continued in that game because hence it was his best game. And yeah, Goudreau, they, one of the reasons they brought him in is he has the ability to play up and down the lineup and you can put him there and maybe listen, he is, he an offensive first line talent. No, but he's a good, pretty good defensive player. He understands assignments and he can at least grind down or at least keep you even against those top lines. And then he, that lets the second line get chances and, and do work when they get out there. And, and listen, Kreider, no slouch right now. He's playing some of his best hockey in a Rangers uniform, and Zbanjad's a bit snake bit. Uh, his expected goals, he's underperforming by quite a, a bit. So hopefully that does, you know, deviate back to the mean at some point. But uh, yeah, I liked Gaudreau there because again, uh, you the two other lines seem to have chemistry. Kako, you can see that how much he aids Panarin and Stroman maintaining possession just by getting in on pucks and using his body and winning his battles and you know smart uh, stick lifts and checks and uh i really like his his playmaking has gotten much better he's finding guys and outlet passes way better his making softer passes he's not just whipping the puck hard and nervous like you know first or second year players do so yeah i just thought it was just clearly more balanced and then again 
I mean, even with Reeves hurt right now, Hunt, Rooney, and uh, uh, Greg McKegg with the uh, arm for a leg. Uh, again, you know, they that's a solid fourth line. They gr- <laughs> they get on it and they grind I it know. down. It, it's crazy. And watching that fourth line, I mean, you can't say that they're not working hard and bringing the energy because yeah, Dryden Hunt has really impressed me, by the way. And uh, they, as they all have, I mean, listen, they don't, they haven't, they've yet to really cash in uh, on, but, you know, Rooney's looked much more confident. And not that he was bad last year, he was just kind of there. And now he was always a good penalty killer. But when they're out there, it's, I feel like the fourth line is always playing in the opposing end, right? Even the games where the, the rest of the team didn't have their act together, that line always did. And they just kind of kept you even and kept the momentum on your side or did their best. So, And when the rest of the team is clicking and then they're doing that, it's great that after you know that if there's a line where the Rangers get hemmed in a bit, you, they put them out there and then they could hold them in to kind of get the momentum back and not feel like it's snowballing on you, which uh, is really important for just the, you know, the mental side of the game and for how teams perceive their performance and keep their energy up. So. Yeah, I've been really happy with them. So overall, I love the the lineup. It was much more balanced. I mean, uh, we the top four D are playing great right now. Trub and Miller have been one of the best defensive pairs in the NHL since the beginning of the season, which uh, color me shocked at that. But uh, Trub has been a man possessed this season, which is awesome to see. And Miller, even though uh, you know I, he's still a, a work in progress, you're seeing that when the team is playing up tempo and he can use his he can use his skating ability and his length and his size and his athleticism to not only recover, but then just jump in the rush quickly and be decisive. That's when he's so dangerous. And that's why it's hard to get around him because he can get on pucks faster, more efficiently and, and just blow out of, uh, you know, his own end with the puck on his stick in a, in a split second. So that's awesome to see Lungfist and Nemeth are still a bit of uh yeah, they're still struggling. I think, I think Lungfist is having, a little bit tougher adjustment to the NHL. Not that he's looked too bad. He's had good. He gets his first uh, NHL point, which is nice. And he's getting more, more and more comfortable. But yeah, it's going to take time for him. And Nemeth is what he is. He's just kind of the support guy on a third pairing at this point. Right? You know, but again, overall, I, I think there's much more balance to this lineup, which was the kind of the, uh, uh, yeah, the mantra going into the season by the Rangers front office. And you can definitely see it uh, play out on the ice. Yeah, and you know that last pairing with Nils and, and Nemeth, it's not like they're costing us games or opportunities. Like there hasn't been a goal scored where you're like, oh my god, like you know they need to get off the ice, which is like good because I feel like in the past, you know the Rangers were always kind of saying that whether you know that was as Rangers still had stall, and then uh, last year with um, I can't even remember his name, but now he's on Colorado. Um, oh god, come on, Andy, what was it? He's on. Uh, he was on Pittsburgh. Oh, wait, say that the, again. The Who? defense, the defenseman, the New York Rangers defenseman last year. That was awful. Come on. Oh, Why Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Thank oh, you for Jack God. Johnson. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Uh, good musician too. Uh, all right. So, you know, going out from here, we kind of touched on this earlier. The New York Rangers are playing in the t- toughest division in hockey, and I kind of wanted to go through a little bit, Andy, kind of put you on the spot, and because there's a lot of big question marks in the East, uh, you could even say the same with the West, right? Some teams are playing out of their mind, and other teams are kind of falling behind, and you're kind of like, eh, you know, what what are they? You know, what are they? What are they going to be this year? So I kind of want to touch on some of the teams, especially in the East, where you kind of get your assessment on 
is this team like for real or is this team, you know, kind of just, you know, getting a hot start to the season and will fizzle out. So the first team I really want to talk about is the Carolina Hurricanes. And I know you touched on, you know, some of their players like D'Angelo being at the top of the, the standings, you know, Stepan's there. Uh, Jesper Faust is there. It seems like it's a New York Rangers reunion kind of doing what the Tampa Bay Lightning did and just uh, building a foundation and then adding a few New York Rangers. And there you go. you got a competitive team. So Carolina Hurricanes, 7-0. and Is this team for real or is this team going to fizzle out and kind of, you know, kind of like water find its level? No, they're, they're definitely for real. I mean, Svechnikov has been... You don't want to say it's his coming out party because he has been good, but he's just kind of really establishing himself as a really, really dangerous player. Uh, Kotka Niemi was a great pickup for them. Just gives them more weapons. And just they play, they're a well-coached rod. It runs a tight ship. Obviously, replacing Dougie was always going to be tough, but I think, obviously, D'Angelo pickup was smart for them because at least you can replace his offensive output. You'll, you'll never get the full, complete size of the defenseman, but you also save a lot of money to put into other areas to hopefully bolster some other weaker spots in your team. And uh, yeah, they're they're clearly for real. And as long they're Ronta, as long as they manage Freddie Anderson's workload between him and Ronta, I think they should be all right. You know, they they look they look like the real deal to me. You know, they, so I think they're yeah, I think they're for real. Uh, yeah, I do too. I mean, undefeated, I would never think that they would start the season season off seven and zero. Nor did I think any team would start the season off. So many teams would go on these undefeated runs. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So uh, yeah, you know, kudos to them. Uh, they seem to have a formula that's working. All right, the Washington Capitals, five zero and three. I know they got three overtime ties, so or, or overtime wins. You know, what do you make of them? Because they're a yeah. team that we kind of penciled them maybe slightly above 500 Uh, yeah i mean i could see them i don't think they're winning the division i don't think they're the bottom of the metro i think they're gonna be right in that mix for either a wild card spot or potentially even third place uh you know i think they have the benefit of uh, ovechkin (laughs) is off to an excellent start they have um you know they have they have a good coach in Todd Reardon. They they have they know how to play. You know they have a lot of pros in that lineup, and obviously between them and Pittsburgh, it's always like, oh well, it's going to catch up to them eventually. But um, yeah, they they can play, and they still have some very good players. I think they're a team that because they're a little bit longer in the tooth, they're not going to have it every night. Hence why their record is okay. It's a little mixed at the moment. You know, obviously they. They started off really hot, and then I think since then it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. But I think, like again, every team in the Metro is pretty much above five hundred. Like the Capitals are five zero and three, so um, it's it, you know, like I said, they're they pretty good start. I could see them maybe have hitting a slumps in the middle of the season, but I could see I could say that about a lot of teams. I I I'm really having a hard time. It's the the East is just going to be very close this year, and it's really. A, effing annoying to me so you know especially because you have to contend with the likes of you know underperforming teams like the maple leafs and hell even the lightning you know what i mean for wild card spots so uh, yeah i mean they're a team i could see having they're slipping at some point but i you know i don't want to say they're not for real they're i don't think they're a top flight team in the in the east but they're definitely in the mix for either that third place spot or a wild card spot 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Again, I, I think they'll fizzle out. They're a little bit of older team. I think once you know they're in the midst of the season, you'll see more of an inconsistent play from them. And, you know, hopefully, because that's a team that the Rangers really kind of need to overtake if they want to be a playoff team. And, you know, the Capitals have been good for way too long. And me, just personally, as a fan, I'm just sick of the Capitals being good. So uh, hopefully the Rangers can knock them off. Yeah. This week's episode is brought to you by DraftKings. If you're hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry because DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And they're giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Really simple. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, obviously. And if you win, you win with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, official sports betting partner of the NFL, uh, home of daily fantasy sports, and free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. You must be 21 or older to enter, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. The next team is kind of shocking. Uh, I know their schedule is a little bit shaky in the beginning because they're starting off so many games on the road. They don't play a home game, I don't think, until mid-November. They're the New York Islanders, 3-2-2, two, and two, uh, kind of playing a little inconsistent. Are they having just kind of a hangover to start the season and then you'd expect them to write the ship? Uh, once they need to start gearing up for you know playoff positioning and no, you know so my here's my things with the Islanders is that the you know a bit of a shaky start for them and they got worse on paper you know yes you could argue some of their younger players are going to take steps forward but their expected goals are still very low like bottoms of the league and their whole thing is being they don't score a lot of goals but they don't give up much but I mean. If you can point a finger at someone on that team and saying, why is this team under... Uh, Zdeno Char is a big part of that because he's not one... He's slowing down. And that is the, a place where they get exploited a bit is when he's on the ice, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it, betting against a Barry Trotz coach team is never a smart bet. So they've, I think that you can maybe say they've underperformed a little bit, but it doesn't feel like they're the wagon that they were last year but then again you know Sorokin had back-to-back shutouts right so when that when the team plays well in front of them it's very hard it makes it the goaltender's life much easier but uh yeah it seems for early from I was watching you know some of that Nashville game because it was the earliest game and yeah they looked real inconsistent they would look good for stretches but then they were inconsistent and I especially with teams that kind of get close year after year but can't break through eventually they starts you know, they start losing the plot a bit. And that I saw, we saw that happen to the Rangers after, you know, their run to the cup final and then the president's trophy. It's like, even though they were making the playoffs, you know, each throughout the regular season, it was just kind of getting a little bit, uh, yeah, the, the compete level was driving down as some of the, you know, like the players are getting a little bit up there. So 
so yeah i mean i could definitely see them either finally just figuring out getting a groove and then working their way up back to the top but then at the same time it's like i you could definitely see the you know where losing nick letty really hurts them and the fact that some of their forwards up front their fourth line continues to get older and you know so but again they have some good young players like pelican pulk are excellent defensemen and barzell is probably gonna come in is coming into his own in his prime and you know, they have Anthony Beauvillier, who's become a pretty good defense. And, you know, Wallstrom's definitely had some success on the with his wrist shot on the power play and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, again, they have they have some good pieces there. It's just I I don't know if they're as balanced as some of the other teams uh, around the league talent wise. Yeah, I, I think once they start playing consistent home games, they'll be all right. I mean, it's tough to start the season off and knowing that you're going to be on the road for a big chunk of it. Oh, yeah. Um, mentally, it's got to be tough. And, you know, I, it's just one of those things where you got to trust in the coaching. They're the best, maybe the best coach team in the NHL. You saw what they were able to do last year. And I really do think once they kind of figure it out and, and start playing their game, they're really tough to play against, especially when they jump out to early leads. And once they get that consistent rhythm, they can hum along and, and, and shoot up the standings real quick. So I'm not too worried about the Islanders. Obviously, it's great that they're off to a slow start. Uh, I would love for them just to have a, a a downer year where they don't even make the playoffs after all the you know the cocky Islander fans are predicting a Stanley Cup. I actually predicted a Stanley Cup, you know, maybe appearance for the Islanders also, but I only did that to hedge my emotions. So, um, yeah, so I, that's what I have uh, for the Islanders. Uh, the next one is a little bit shocking because I almost viewed them as the the Patriots a little bit. Is the Pittsburgh Penguins? Uh, not that they're like again bad off to a bad start. They're off to a three and three start, which is five hundred, which basically means you're in it. <laughs> um, you know, what do you think of the Penguins? Obviously, they have injuries. You know, uh, I think Crosby only has played one game, and it's just you know, it just seems like their big pieces that they've relied upon over the years are missing, and now it's up to the tier two guys on that on that roster to kind of fill in the fill that void and. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it uh, at least, you know, every single night. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because they, they were missing all those pieces to start. No Crosby, no Malkin. Uh, and yet they, they came out kind of like a house on fire. They're well coached. Mike Sullivan is an excellent coach. And they, again, they, without just down a lot of their, I would say a lot of their top six talent, they just were blitzing teams early. And they were getting, yeah, and they were getting some W's, but Crosby comes back and then they lose to, uh, was that New Jersey they played yesterday? Yeah. It was in, and it was on a, it was on like a penalty shot, right? Type deal. So, you know, things happen, but you would hope that him coming back would help solidify them. But it's interesting that he comes back and then there's like, we kind of, we took care of business and now, and now Sid's back and then maybe they, they underperformed for the rest of the game. And that's not to put, listen, I think, um, the devils are a team that can play spoiler this season. You know, if you're not, if you, if you, if they catch you off guard or you, you uh, look past them a little bit, but yeah, just interesting to see. I do, you do think that at what point are they going to slip a little bit and, or, you know, or were they playing a little bit of punching a little bit above their weight for a bit? So uh, again, they're kind of an unknown for me, you know, as far as, cause you want to see what they look like once they do have their, their heavy hitters in the lineup. And that makes and at least you can get a better assessment of what, how, how they're going to play out the rest of the season. So I have to see a little bit more of a sample size, but 
uh, yeah, it's it's still very early, but um, again, they're much like Washington. I could either see them hitting a groove and not letting things affect them and just finding a way to draw into the playoffs somehow, or I could also see them just kind of missing out because it's just not what it once was and the quality isn't quite there. You know, their their older players are just a little bit older and just a little bit less effective than they've traditionally been, and they just don't, you know, they lost a lot of pieces and they haven't really drafted much in terms of getting some support talent in the middle of their lineup. I couldn't agree more with you on the assessment of Pittsburgh. Again, another team that I'm kind of sick of them being good. It'd be nice if they missed the playoffs um, because they're, again, a team that I feel like the Rangers really needed to play well against in order to make the playoffs. Like those will be two big points in the standings if they can consistently beat a team like Pittsburgh. Uh, the next one is kind of in the same boat, I feel like, as Pittsburgh. Obviously not as, in terms of how their roster is constructed or anything, but a team that I don't know what they're going to be, right? I, I feel like if their stars are going to play like stars, they're going to they're gonna, you know, be at the top of the standings. But if they don't, you know, if they don't, if their goaltending struggles again, if, you know, if they're, if they're you know, if their players don't really perform and, and kind of press too much on offense and give up a lot of goals, they're going to struggle, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers. And um, to me, they're just one of the biggest question marks in the entire National Hockey League. I just feel like this team could go on a, you know, they could win, you know, eight of ten, or they can go on lose eight of ten. It just you never know what you're going to get. Um, what are your thoughts on Philly so far, being four, two, and one? Uh, yeah, I mean, they ha- everything went wrong for them last year, so you you probably expected some more some pushback from the group as a whole. Uh, they do have some good leadership there and they have good pieces. I mean, I didn't like the wrist, all that paying all that money for wrist line and, but getting Ryan Ellis was an excellent pickup for them. And I think, you know, Atkinson him and pro. Yeah. And Atkinson looks great. And uh, I haven't seen Yandel do much, but whatever, he can move the puck and uh, they still have a very underrated, I think Giroux is still underrated. People kind of just forget that he just kind of quietly chugs along and is a productive player. And obviously, uh, Couturier is as good as a two-way, you know, uh, center as you can find in this league. So yeah, they have pieces. And I do think, you know, if Carter Hart was going to be at least a little bit better than he was last year, and I don't have much faith in Martin Jones as his, uh, you know, (laughs) as the backup plan, but yeah, they're a team that I think they were going to be at least a little bit better than last year where everything went wrong and they were going to play, you know, you you have to wonder, did AV finally get the message and maybe make some adjustments that we have to play a little bit more honest brand of hockey and not stretch the ice so much as he's been waned to do. But uh, yeah, again, it's I'm definitely not surprised because like you get some good. I just when I look at them, it's like, can they be consistent throughout the season? And I just know that teams coached by Alain Vigneault don't really tend to do that. I think the Flyers' expected goals is, again, bottom of the league. And the, and the amount of chances they give up are outside of that top pairing are, are definitely not so much great. And they're a team that they, like much when AV was coaching the Rangers, they rely on their goaltending and they rely on not getting a lot of chances, but the ones they do are grade A off the rush because they stretch the ice. So, yeah, I think not so much of a winning uh, combination, right? So, but... uh yeah, you know, but I, I think right now I would imagine they're, you know, uh, they're probably getting pretty middle of the road goaltending, or at least if they're getting, a, you know, replacement level goaltending from Carter Hart and Martin Jones, then they'll be fine. 
you know, or at least they'll be in the mix like every other team in the Metro, which is annoying and frustrating. All right. Um, all right. So the, I want to talk about three teams from the Atlantic and then we can kind of wrap things up. Sounds uh, good. The, the first two I kind of want to put into a little bit of a bunch here, right? We can talk to them as a couple. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Buffalo has got out to a tremendous start. They don't give up any goals, which is kind of bizarre because you think Buffalo, one of the th- you know departments that they would struggle in is just you know the goal differential. They're doing just fine in, in <laughs> right now with the start they have. And then Detroit, again, over 500, just a team humming along where I thought they would certainly be at the bottom of the standings. And I know, obviously, it's early again, but, you know, it's fun to see a little bit of success from these two teams that were at the bottom of the standings last year. Yeah, I mean, I do suspect that both of them at some point might regress a little bit. But if if I'm being honest, I have probably a little bit more faith in the Red Wings than I do in Buffalo. You know, Craig Anderson has been pretty good in net for Buffalo. And, uh, you know, we saw after down the stretch, Granado had Buffalo playing pretty well and they were playing spoiler, although that happens to a lot of teams. And I think Granado's a good coach and he, those guys have something to prove. And, you know, uh, Eichel not in the locker room. There's not as much, I think it's more of a by committee type thing now. And maybe it, it's just not having some of those weird pressures that were felt when he was there. So there you go. And, you know, uh, Detroit, I like I said, but I I will say that I do think at some point Buffalo will start to skid a little bit more. Detroit, on the other hand, again, I think they're a team that I think they are getting better goaltending than they will get for the rest of the season. But that being said, I think their forward core is pretty underrated. I mean, I think flipping Mantha for Verona is going to end up being a really sneaky good move for them. Some of the pieces they got, I mean, they've drafted really well. As you can tell, Moritz Sider is already one of the, one of the better young defensemen in the league. He looks excellent. Uh, getting, you know, getting Letty for this team has been good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Bertuzzi gets off to a hot start. Larkin and looks revitalized. And of course, uh, you know, they were smart enough t- to draft my boy Lucas Raymond, who I really wanted the Rangers to get if they weren't going to get Lafreniere. And he looks like he is absolutely ready to torch the league. Uh, he's just, his skating is so good and his, uh, he's got a, a hell of a shot and yeah, I think he's just finding success early. So again, they, both teams might regress a little bit, but I actually have a, maybe a little bit more faith in, uh, Detroit for, you know, at least for the, uh, for the time being. But again, uh, I do think both teams will eventually regress, you know, in some, in some facet. I do too. I mean, it's just it's just a, such a competitive league right now. I really do think they'll end up at, towards the bottom of the standings. But I wouldn't put it past Buffalo, man. The kind of not I'm not saying that they're going to continue with a 786 winning percentage, but I really do think maybe a chip on their shoulder and and you know I don't know coaching telling them you know the whole league and the whole, the whole NHL and the fan bases they all think you're nothing without Eichel. You know maybe that fires them up and they can play you know, more consistent lockdown. They play for each other and they can win some games. And I'm not saying the playoffs, certainly, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, hover around, you know, 500 or just below. And, you know, again, that would be pretty interesting to see how that affects the whole Eichel situation too. If Buffalo is still kind of in contention there towards the end, given that the NHL now has the wild card, which allows a little bit more uh, of a uh, interesting, uh, you know, race to the playoffs towards the end of the season. 
The last team I want to talk about, because because the Atlantic is kind of, I feel like, locked up, I think eventually water will find its level, and you'll have Florida, Tampa Bay, and Toronto at the top. The one team that I am curious about, and I want your opinion on, is the Boston Bruins. Are they too top-heavy? You know, Do they not have the depth enough to be what they used to be and, and find themselves at the top of the Atlantic? Or you know, is this a team that, you know, if one injury, they can really find themselves, you know, at the, at the outside looking in? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, they're a team that when, if everyone's healthy, they're probably one of the best teams in the AHL still in terms of just their defensive, you know, they're one of the most balanced teams in the league in terms of their goals for and their goals against in terms of just not giving up much and, and scoring goals. But like you said, they have they they've lost some players to cap cap issues and just, you know, Krejci leaving leaves a big hole in that organization. And obviously they can overcome it a lot of nights because they're so well coached. Cassie's a good coach and they have, the, again, the perfection line. And McAvoy is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. But again, uh, they're just not as rock solid all around as they once was. So they're going to have off. They're going to have off nights, basically. You know, they're. They, I still think that they are, or they are, you know, they have enough enough young depth that even if it's not top flight depth in all positions, they're well coached enough to to be in the mix most of the season and probably even just get in in you know at least if it's third place in in the uh, the Atlantic they can get in. But that being said, that it's just not as going to be as easy for them as it's been in previous seasons. You know, just based on a lot of factors, and you know, God forbid they lose one of the players in their top line to injury, that changes a lot for them. So, or hell, Mac, even if McAvoy gets goes down for any bit of time, so uh, we'll see. Well, we'll definitely see. It's gonna, like I said, it'll be harder for them, but because they don't have the depth they've had uh, for the past couple of seasons. But I think when they still do have their most of their lineup, they are can beat any team on a given night. You know, they, I could see them as a team that ends a lot of uh, winning streaks for a lot of teams. No, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, it's funny just how, you know, things are looking this year to start off the, the season. And it's like you, you take the New York Rangers and you compare them to these teams that, you know, once we're at the top of the standings always and you pencil them in as an automatic playoff team, you know, the Rangers, you know, they're right there. And, you know, again, if they're coming off the best game of the season so far. You're extremely confident in them. I just really think it's going to come down to, you know, like how they perform on these road trips, right? Can they take two of two? Can they just play 500 against these top teams in the West and and grab points when they can? And I I know that's going to be annoying towards the end of the season, but my mantra is really is you got to beat the teams. You got to get points where you can get the points. And, um, you know, they play, you know, the Seattle Kraken tonight, Andy. So when people are listening to this, they'll know whether they won or lost. I need a win, you know. You can't come back and lay an egg after the best game of the season so far. I want that to be a building block. Take another step forward, right? Jump out to an early lead, play with the lead, win the game, get two points, and move on to Vancouver. Um, you know, this is going to be a tough week here. And, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I got really nothing else. You know, what are your final thoughts here, Andy? Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely think that this like I'd said up top, this is the game that they have to win because I don't expect them to win every game on this road trip. And I, I would say this is probably the one you have to win. You have to get off to a good start. Uh, this is one of the more beatable teams on this road trip. And 
yeah, they. I just think it's a. It feel. It feels like a must win game. Which so if they don't, it's going to set a bad precedent. So we see if they come back from it. But uh, yeah, that's going to. There's a lot working. There's a lot of reasons them for them not to win this game. Uh, they flew. There is a time difference. It's a bit later for them. Uh, it's a new building. It's a team that's. Uh, yeah, that has wants to have a good effort at home because it's their inaugural season. So a lot of reasons mentioned, but uh, and we don't know who's going to be the netminder for this game. Um, but again, I think it just winning will at least put them in a good position moving forward, especially some of their Metro counterparts uh, either lost in regulation or overtime the other day. Uh, and the teams that are chasing them. You know, some kind of got gouged like Pittsburgh did against uh, the Devils, who are a little bit lower than them in the standings. So I think if you need to create some separation because teams are going to be on your your heels all season. So try to get as much in the bank as you can because you're going to need it because it's it's just not going to stop all season. But hey, iron I, I always say iron sharpens iron. So they maybe the pressure is good for them, but and it, that helps them deliver. But you'd like to see them just. Uh, take care of business again especially from a team that i think ultimately doesn't have too much game breaking talent and you know their goaltending hasn't been uh, as good as to be expected so yeah this is this is the if you're gonna win one you gotta get it done tonight on halloween night thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.